Hey everyone, this is Kissed with Abuse, the podcast that talks about emotional abuse. In episode two, we sit down with guest Josie. I resonated with so many things that she felt and went through during her experience with emotional abuse. I can't wait for everyone to hear her story. Enjoy. Listeners, we are here with Josie. We are going to talk about her relationship with Dave. Mm-hmm. Hi, Josie. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us yeah. and opening up to us about a very intense topic. <laughs> I appreciate it a lot for being so vulnerable with us. Um, but yeah, let's you know, let's just dive into it. Let's right, just let's go for it. it. <laughs> So let's just start from the beginning. How did how did you and Dave meet, or um, how did it start? Yeah, how did it start? How did the relationship kind of get going? Uh, so he was a regular where I I was working mm-hmm. at a cafe at the time, and he was a regular that would come in, and I always thought he was really cute, but he had a girlfriend, um, and there was one day that he came in for like a meeting or something, and I looked at my manager and I was like, if he's ever single, like I'm gonna. I'm going to fuck him or something like that. Like, I'm going to date him or I'm going to have sex with him. And then literally that night on my OkCupid profile, he hit me up. Oh, wow. And, um, but didn't realize I was the girl from the cafe. Mm -hmm. So I had to, like, awkwardly debate if I wanted to tell him. And I was like, oh, like, I actually know you. And he was like, oh, I thought that was you. And so that's how he asked me to go Christmas shopping with him. Interesting. Well, that was, like, your first date? Date. Gotcha. Okay. And when you and I had talked about this a little bit before, you had mentioned just where you were mentally and just kind of as a person at the time when you met him. So if you were comfortable, I was wondering if you would be willing to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So I had been like, I had moved to LA. I was pretty, I was probably maybe like a year and a half to two years living here, I Mm -hmm. think. And I really wanted a boyfriend. I was in a place where like dating out here was really hard and a lot harder than I had experienced in college, uh, just online dating and whatever. Um, a lot of guys like ghosting me or like not texting back or whatever. And I was also a little like heavier. I wasn't very confident in my weight at the time. And so just not the highest self-esteem, I guess. Mm -hmm. So when he wanted to see me again, I was like, yeah, of course. Because it was the first time I had kind of... And he was from LA, so very, like, knowledgeable about about the city. And, like, that was super sexy to me because it was so unknown to me still. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping. I had... We had to take my car because his car was in the shop. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, but he, I had him drive because I didn't know anywhere we were going. Gotcha. How did, how did that, like, I'm someone who, like, needs to be in control. So, like, how did that make you feel letting him drive? Were you, like, pretty I wanted, yeah, I okay. think I wanted him to because he knew LA so much better and gotcha. he knew all the places he, we wanted to go. And I, especially around then, was super sensitive. I mean, I still am, but to feeling stupid. So I was like, yeah. I don't want to, our first experience to be him, like, telling me where to go and me making a wrong turn or, like, not knowing my way around. So right. I'd rather just, like, let, let yeah. him do it. Right, right. 
So you guys went cro- cro- uh, Christmas shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and and did you guys um how did you guys do anything after that or how did yeah that... so then we went it was all odd looking back so it was all his agenda so he mm-hmm. wanted to go to a couple places Christmas shopping for people obviously that I didn't know so we went to like a couple cute shops and then he was like my friend is leaving on a trip I can't remember where and I want to stop by and get a drink with him and his wife before they leave. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, okay, I mean, wow, I'm already meeting friends. Right. Right. I was like, okay. So, we went, they lived in this really cute apartment, and we parked, and when he introduced me to his friend, he called me the wrong name. I can't remember what he called me, but it was not right, and I had to, like, jump in and be like, actually, it's Josie. Right. (laughs) And it was just, I kind of let it roll off and didn't think anything about it until, like, things progress, and I was like, that is weird. Yeah, that's, like, a weird thing Like, to we've do. been on a date all evening. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, right. you know my name. And not only that, like, on your profile, like, it says, says like, my name. I guess that's for me, like, if I see it, like, written down somewhere, then it's easier for me to remember it, you know? There was, like, more to it than just, like, oh, Josie, or, like, oh, man, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so much easier to look back and see these things and, like, be like, what? Yeah, it was... Um, but it went well enough that he the be- stayed the night, so. Yeah, and so you, from there, kind of, how how was it in the beginning? Like, how would you describe him in the beginning when, yeah, the, when you were in it, too? The beginning of our relationship, like, I describe it, it was, like, super magical. Like, it felt very, like, fast and, like, amazing and, like, oh, my God, how did I find this person? It felt he was super there for me and, like, Li- felt like I, he listened to me and wanted to help me with some of my goals and he was just very present but still even looking back on that there were some sign like red flags where I'm like oh but uh, <laughs> but I kind of got swept off my feet like he invited me for his birthday he wanted to take every year he goes to Disneyland and his mom pays for it so he could bring whoever and so he asked me to go for his birthday we had been on one date yeah and I was like oh my god yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Like, yeah, let's go. Making you feel so special. Yeah. Like that it yeah, I know the feeling. That yeah. was it's like you feel so great and um especially since like you said you were like going through a time and this man is like treating you so well mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh my gosh. It was like right around the holidays, so mm-hmm. everything and I wasn't going home and so like having someone when you're alone you know, you don't have your family too. I right. felt really like Oh, like he wants to me to well, he wants to be around me, so. right? And, and do like these extravagant things. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you? Well, I guess like looking back on her, even when you were in it, is there a, a time when it started to kind of turn, or like you kind of realized mm. it? I don't really remember a specific. There are like specific moments later on where yeah. I was like, oh, um, but I don't remember a specific moment when I hadn't realized it. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like I. Yeah, I don't know. The, our first fight was, I think I've told you this, but it, this was only like a week after we had met and he, I told him, we were talking about kids mm-hmm. and I had told him that I really wanted to have them, not with him, just like in, in general. general. Yeah. I want to have children. And he started calling me like crazy that, that I wanted that and then was like, are you going to poke holes in our condoms? And I was like, no. And he, and it was like New Year's Eve right before it turned midnight. And rather than having like a romantic time, we were in this fight where I ended up having to apologize. And it was so confusing because I'm like, I don't think I did anything wrong, but I really feel like I did. 
Because how can someone be so mad at me? Right. That's what they do. Oh, my God. That sentence right there. Like, I don't think I did anything wrong, but, like... I guess so. Apparently, I did. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. But I know... Oh, my gosh. I know that feeling of, like... Yeah. Like, all you said was, I want to have kids someday, which is something you should have in an adult relationship. (laughs) And... He turns it into, now, Now, like, you're like, wait, this is just something I want in my life. Like, and now I'm miserable and upset. Yeah, and then the next day, like, we were apartment sitting for his, those friends who I would met. And the next day he was like, well, I have to go out for a while, um, and you can stay here. But, like, he wouldn't tell me where he was going or, like, who he was always, like, super secretive about, like, where he, who he was meeting up with and, like, where he was going. Did he need to know where you were at all times? Um... No, okay. he just did. Like, I just would tell him. Get that information. Yeah, he just you. always did know. Gotcha. And I was usually waiting around for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's how they, <laughs> that's how they get you. Yeah. Um, you told me this story once about, like, uh, you guys went on a birthday dinner. Or it was your birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was my birthday. Uh, we had probably, we had been together. I'm trying to think if this was my... Yeah, we had been together, I think, from, like, December. Now it was my birthday in February, I mm-hmm. think. I think this was my first birthday with him. Yeah. And we... My best friend came. I'm pretty sure it was my 25th birthday. And he, like, was so excited to meet her, which was interesting because he wasn't really interested in a lot of my other friends, and he would usually talk a lot of shit about a lot of my friends. Mm, we'll um, get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask about that, but uh, I'll tell you this one. But he was so excited to meet her, so he planned, like, this whole evening where he took us to, like, a restaurant downtown. He paid for every, all of our food. He took us to another restaurant in uh, Santa Monica. So from, like, Valley to downtown to Santa Monica. Ate food. Paid for everything. For those of people that aren't <laughs> Los Angeles natives, it is... That's, that's a lot of driving. That's a lot of driving. Very far with a lot of traffic. Like... That's, like, that's a lot. Downtown to Santa Monica? Yeah. And then, uh, but, okay. Yeah. Okay, so then we come back to my place because we're going to go to, like, a bar where I'm having, like, a party, like, I'm meeting friends. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, he used to have this really, like, OCD thing about pushing toothpaste up from the bottom. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me all the time, like, you're so... If you don't push your toothpaste up from the bottom, you're so disorganized. And I think he was saying that or, like, because Kelsey, my friend, and I were brushing our teeth before we went to this bar. Or he said something about that or I kind of made fun of him. I was like, hey, Kelsey, can you believe Dave thinks I'm disorganized because of this thing? And she started cracking up. She's like, Josie, you're one of the most organized people I know. Like, you color coordinate things. And we kind of started teasing him. And he got so mad. Like, this. And I thought we were just, like, joking around. And he was... He, like, was just got so serious. He's like, okay, it's not funny. Like, and it was so weird. It was so weird. He got so pissed. And then we went to this party. He had picked the bar. And he just sat in a corner the whole time. And basically just talked to me, bought me drinks, but really wasn't engaging with anybody else. Was he not engaging? Because I know you said he didn't like a lot of your friends. Was he not engaging... Was it a mix between the fight and your friends, or do you know? Or I think you... it was just mostly my... I feel like after... Because it didn't turn into a fight. He was yeah. just like, okay, I don't want to talk about this. And gotcha. we were like, okay. 
It's not a big deal. Like, it's fine. <laughs> but he could never be, like, made fun of. <gasps> that's how my guy was. Yeah. And like, I, like, pick on people. Like, me too. Like, that's what I do. God, I pick on my current boyfriend so much that sometimes I'm, like, driving home, like, I think Did I need I, to call him and I apologize. I stop. <laughs> I can't. I do that. Like, it's such a, like, I like, and on it, actually, this was a thing. I heard it they were talking about it i think i don't it might have been npr or it might have just been like a kiss fm but they were talking about how there was this, like this uh study that it's healthy that to help keep like sparks in relationships is picking on each other playfully yeah. obviously like in a non-harmful way and i was like oh i do that and it made me think about my relationship yeah. like i couldn't pick on him about anything Mm-mm. i cuss a lot mm-hmm. i get that from my dad and um, I call people bitch in the most loving way. Yeah. And I say fuck you a lot. Mm. I remember I couldn't say fuck you to him. I couldn't, like, and it, it wasn't like, fuck you, you asshole. Yeah. It was just, he would do something like, ah, oh, fuck you. And he'd be like, don't you dare. Don't you dare say those words to me. And I'm like, um, I'm kidding? <laughs> We're joking. That's that's how you keep the spark going. Um but yeah, let, um, what are some other, because you were talking about some like other moments, what are some that you can like come to your mind that when you just kind of like look back on that were just had a, had a big effect on, uh, on you? Yeah, there's like a couple like highlighted bullet points. I know that throughout the entire relationship, he never called me his girlfriend. Okay. Um, so that was something that really bothered me the whole time because we were hanging out like three to four times a week. Texting, like, I never had a relationship where we were literally texting all day, every day. Yeah. Like, pretty much. He'd work, he worked from home, but he was also very strict about, like, how important his work was to him, and he was like, I can't hang out all the time because I have to work, and I have to prioritize work, and in my last relationship, I didn't prioritize work, and now I feel really behind, but he was also younger, I think, like, a year younger than me, or the same age, and, like, made a bunch of money and said that he helped pay for the house him and his mom live in. And, like, looking back, I don't, I honestly don't know what I believe about any of this. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Uh, so one thing that really bothered me was that he wouldn't commit to me, uh, and I just kind of finally let it go. Like, it's never going to happen, but we're, like, together, but it's not boyfriend-girlfriend. Right. And it always bothered me. And that's w- such a, like, that's, again, a, well, I guess another controlling, we're together, but we're not boyfriend-girlfriend. That's such a, like, well, controlling Well, because then he could, he could say and do whatever he wanted. Then. Right. And I, this is, ooh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. This was, like, one of our early fights, too. I had a dream about his ex-girlfriend, because I had seen her a lot in the cafe, mm-hmm. that she came in with him to the cafe I worked at, and I was really upset about it. Right. And when I told him about the dream, that in the dream I was upset, he was like, why would you be upset about that? You have no right to be upset if I came in with my ex. And I was like, well, you... I was like, you should tell me. Like, if you're going to come into my place of work with your ex, I would like to know right. that it's going to happen. He was like, I don't have to tell you if I'm going to do that. I could do that right now. And you couldn't get mad and you... And I wouldn't have to tell you beforehand. And I was I was just like, what is happening? Right. And I felt, and then I kind of felt stupid, like, okay, so this isn't going to be serious then. You know, that was kind of my first sign, like, okay, he doesn't want a relationship, but then we kept hanging out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that was one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, one big one 
is he, we would get, we would drink a lot together. He really liked to, like, make fancy cocktails and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one time we went out to, like, celebrate something, I think. And he, we got really drunk and had sushi and came back to the apartment. And we were talking about my career. And my career was always a, a major topic mm-hmm. for us because I felt... I think I felt really sensitive about it because he seemed so successful to me. Mm-hmm. He had, like, what I thought was endless money. Mm-hmm. He would talk about, he was a cyclist, he would talk about bikes and how much money he was spending on his bike all the time. Mm, yeah. And which was crazy. He told me his bike was worth over, like, six figures, and I was like, I can't even imagine. And he'd always offer... Do they make bikes that expensive? Yeah, I guess. Like bicycles, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like bicycles, not a motorcycle, like a bicycle. And he, he, yeah, he would pay for a lot of meals. He'd offer to pay. I would also offer to pay, but more often than not, he would be like, "No, I want to do this for us." He took me to Big Sur for my. So I guess, sorry, timeline it did. confusion. It so I guess for my first birthday with him, we went to Big Sur together. Mm-hmm. My second birthday is the one with my best friend. Gotcha. That we spent together. So he took us to Big Sur because I'd never been. He paid for everything, like cabin. We went to the aquarium. Yeah, and he and I would always offer. Sometimes he'd let me, but most of the time he wouldn't. We got on a in a fight on the way to that to that trip. What did you guys get in a fight about? So that was one where we were he. Wait, was that that fight? <laughs> We did get in a fight on that trip, but that's not the one I was thinking of. Okay. Well, what what fight were you thinking of? The fight I was thinking of is we went to camping, mm-hmm. Redwood National Forest, and he had been talking about how t- just to go on this trip, he was going to have to work, like, all-nighters for the rest of the week, just so he could get caught up enough to take this, like, three-day weekend trip. Mm-hmm. So he had asked me... Will you drive the first shift? We were leaving really early. He's like, I'm going to be up late. I was like, yeah, no problem. I go. We're taking my car. I pick him up. We go get coffee. And after his first coffee, he was like, you know what? I feel really good. I can drive. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can drive. So we get in the car. We're driving. And he starts kind of like messing with like his phone and the radio. And I get a little antsy. And I'm like, oh, can you like... I'm like, can you, I don't know, that makes me, like, feel antsy. Can you not, like, mess with stuff? Yeah, and like, he, focus on driving. Yeah, and Keep he Keep me safe, please. And he was, like, oh, and this was, I had been in a car accident, like, a year, the year I moved out here, so mm-hmm. I felt really sensitive about driving on the highway, especially in my car and someone kind of, like, touching shit, and I was, like, you know, I was just in that car accident. I don't know if you'd understand, and he got, like, so mad, and he was, like, you don't think I understand? Like, I was in a car accident when I was a baby, and... <laughs> I like your impression of him. He <laughs> was like, I, my mom and I almost died and like, I, and he just like turned the whole thing around and then was like, and I didn't even want to drive first anyways. And I was like, hold on a second. I said I was fine with it. You offered mm-hmm. to drive first. Don't turn this whole thing on me. It became this huge fight. Who knows what else we fought about. I remember we went and got gas and I like accidentally, I like flung the gas thing out of the thing and gas got on his pants and then that made him even angrier. Of course. And then we got to the camping spot. We set up camping and then all of a sudden he acted like the nicest. He was like, 
oh yeah, like you just, you sit down and like, and I'll make dinner. And, and it felt like, I remember thinking like, this feels like an act. Like I felt like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Like it felt, and then he came and sat next to me on the hammock and he started like initiating, like making out and like some touching. And I was like, ooh, let's go into the tent. Like, let's have sex. And he was like, no. And then got up and like kept making dinner. And I was like, what? so now you're just going to tell me when and and not in a sexy way. Right. Not in like a. No, like save it for later. Yeah. But like. No, in a, he was just like, mm-hmm, nope, I yeah. I call the shots. Well, that's that's the thing. That's one of the, an, an emotional abuse in a romantic relationship. That's one of the things is like withholding sex. It's like withholding sex and then like making you feel bad for not having sex. So like the two big ones. Our whole relationship was like very much sexually yeah. driven. Like, especially because he wouldn't commit to me. A lot of it to me was about he's in this like in my mind like he's in this for sex and like yeah. if I don't give that to him then like he's gonna go away yeah I and know feeling. and then one day he was like no I don't want to and I got really upset because like in my head well if he doesn't want to have sex with me then like what is this even right. and he was like you're gonna have to be fine but basically turned it into like you know if if he made it seem like, well, if I don't want to or you don't want to, like, that's normal, in a, which is normal in a relationship, right. but, like, you're, he was making all the decisions Right, it wasn't it. coming from It me. wasn't coming from me. I have a question because this kind of made me think of, like, kind of feelings I had. When you would get on your period, would you kind of start getting anxious and feel, like, around him because then you knew you couldn't have sex with him for that week? Yeah, but then he would sometimes okay. have sex with me. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah, if I couldn't, I felt weird. Yeah. Which is just, like, interesting because it's, like, that's something that's just what your body's doing. But we had also, like, some of the most intense, like, passionate sex I've had with someone, uh, which is just, like... The crazies are always good and bad. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, like, crazy, but I was... Anyways. No, So that's one fight. Oh, and then the other fight I was... I started talking about but stopped was the one where we... I think it was... We went out and got sushi. He really... I have never been a huge seafood person but he was like let's go get an expensive like sashimi sushi dinner and you just try everything I want to see if you like it we get like hammered back to my apartment and he's like we get in a fight about my career I think oh yeah that's right we were talking about your and he was like you're just not doing enough he always just told me that I was never doing enough and then I got really mad and I don't remember much, but he, it, like, left, he left, there was, like, an altercation by the door where, like, I ended up on the floor, and I don't remember if he pushed me, but my roommate at the time came out and was like, what the fuck, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, crying, and Dave just, like, had left and was, like, taking an Uber home and never wanted to talk to me again, and these were fight. we had fights like this a lot, which I don't fight, in my adult life, I've never fought with someone like this. Same. Same. When I think about the fights that I had with with my ex and how we just like screamed and screamed yelled at each, at other. each other. And how it always ended with him telling me, I don't want to talk to you again or this is over, we're breaking up. And then did he pretend two days later that it didn't even happen? Is that what he did? <laughs> oh, so then, what... yeah, so then he'd be like, I don't want to talk to you, like it's over, blah, blah, blah. And then like would act like, and I would be mourning, like thinking like I've been broken up with and this is over. And then he'd be like, what fight? It's not that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. He would like down, and in my head, I'm like, "What do you? This was such a big deal. Like, it's all I've thought about for two days. 
I've been like trying to figure out what happened, and now you're just being like, yeah, it's fine. You want to get coffee? I'm just like, oh, it. That's so. <laughs> that's like such an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it really was. And it, like going through that, and like when he would come back to you and like be like, everything's fine. How would you feel? I feel like relief. I think I especially and. First would be like, oh, good, so we're not broken up. It's, and, like, so now we've made up. Right. So we just never would talk about what happened. Gotcha. But it felt, like, resolved to me because everything went back to normal. Gotcha. So, yeah, you he would leave you crying and miserable for two days. Yeah. And then he would come back and be like, oh, like, what? What's going on? Yeah. And he also, like, I mentioned the career stuff. This is just, I want to write for comedy television. And he'd always be really encouraging of what I wanted to do. But then one time told me... He's like, I know people in TV and, like, I could get you a job, but I just don't think you're ready. Oh, what an asshole. And he was like, yeah, you know. And he claimed, still don't know if any of this is true, that he was, like, so smart in high school that he graduated early and he was, he's a musician, a drummer, and he was a session musician for a long time. So he would, like, tour with famous bands and he started off very young, like, I think, like, 16 or 17. And then he taught himself how to program, which is, like, this huge industry now. And so now he was just making a shit ton of money programming. Uh, But he worked from home, so he would just do that all the time. Um, But he would just talk about how smart he was all the time and how, like... And I kind of started to get sucked into it. And I, when my friends would say things or I would just start making excuses, like, you don't... You just don't understand him. Yeah. Like, he's just... And I even started to think, like, maybe he was on the spectrum with, like, autistically a mm-hmm. little bit. And I thought, like, mm, people just don't get him. Like, right. And I have experience, like, one of my best friends growing up was autistic. So I was like, I have experience with people who are different. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just get him. Right. Like, that's what, where my head would go. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that we can laugh about <laughs> It's hard not, I mean, it's Is hard. he autistic or is he evil? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he turned but, out to be very evil. Not saying that people with autism are evil, evil but right. I'm just saying, like, their social cues was, are sometimes harder to pick up. Sometimes they have, like, outbursts mm. and uh, stuff like that. And so I just, and because he didn't have a lot of friends or seem to or didn't introduce me to a lot of his friends, I just thought, like... Maybe he doesn't, like, click with people very easily. Yeah. And I'm someone he clicked with. Yeah. And that not only makes you feel, like, more special, but yeah. then you kind of also feel like, oh, I gotta, like, be here for them. And, yeah. Which I'm sure just plays more into his emotional abuse. Yeah. And I appreciate, I was gonna say, like, it's so interesting, like, we're sitting here laughing about this because... Like, I think, I mean, and that's kind of how I feel. It's sometimes hard not to. Yeah. But it's it's hard. Like, there's still times, like, when I look back and I'm just like, wow, like, I mean, I still feel, like, the emotions and I feel upset and yeah. stuff. But it's like, it's just, I guess on it all, oh, what's the thing? It's like laughter, like, makes it easier. Yeah. I don't know something, but it's. Well, it's also, looking back on it, it's almost laughable how obvious it is. Right. Because when I was in it, I didn't see it at all. And I would have friends talk to me about it, and a lot of my friends didn't like him because I was constantly coming to them upset. Yeah. And they'd kind of have to, like, pick up these pieces, and then I'd go back to him, and that was really frustrating for them. And, you know, it was a hard time, I think, in a lot of my friendships because basically I'd have friends say, like, you just either have to accept that this is the way he is, Mm -hmm. and if you want a life with him, this is how it's going to be for you, 
or like or you have to leave did they ever um did they ever call it emotional abuse no no yeah. and i think especially like what was really hard is my family's so far away cuz right. we're not from la and I know if my parents had been closer, they would have picked up on it because family is so important to me. It's really important that whoever I'm dating gets along with my family and I get along with their family. And Dave was very, like, no fan. He hated his family. He only lived with his mom. I never met his mom. That's We can go into that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know that they would have picked up on it. But it was hard because I was so far away, especially I was far away from, like, my best friend. Right. So a lot of people out here, I think, were just trying to be supportive. Supportive, yeah. And, well, that's the thing. It's, like, first off, it's so hard to identify emotional abuse. There's so many different levels of it. And then there's, like, the things, when, especially when it's a romantic relationship, oh, you get in a fight. Like, just because you get in a fight doesn't mean it's emotional abuse. It's how the fight's handled. Mm-hmm. It's it's how, like, <clears throat> you, like he you brought up kids and he turned around and were next thing you know he was accusing you of poking holes Mm -hmm. and a condom and he would always like when we get when we would get drunk he would tell me that he thought i had a problem when i was drinking and that i was crazy and he's actually the person who encouraged me to go to therapy which is really ironic which is interesting i've actually talked to people and that's been a common thread that has been a common thread where because it's you're the one who's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the abuser has to call you the crazy person. It's like, well, maybe you have the problem. Mm-hmm. I have talked to a couple other people who whose abuser is the reason why who got them to go to therapy. And then in therapy, I kind of started to work these things out and kind of through being in therapy with my therapist, I was like, oh, this is like a problem. Yeah. Did when you were in therapy, you were in therapy when you were dating him. Dating him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know because a therapist can't, like, they still have to, like, help you figure it out. They can't, like, say anything. But would, did she ever talk or he or she talk about his behavior, talk about Dave's behavior towards you? What's interesting is when I went into therapy, like, I thought I had problems that weren't him. Yeah. So I wasn't focusing on him very much. Gotcha. I was focusing on other parts of my life that he kind of claimed were causing me stress like my job relationships with people at my job friends Mm -hmm. relationships with my friends like things like that that I didn't really focus on him too much until like later when things when it started getting Mm -hmm. um when yo you mentioned um that fight that you had after the sushi and you Mm -hmm. ended up on the phone you don't remember how um, did you guys ever have fights, other m- more fights like that? Or, like, was mm-hmm. there... Yes, there's, like, the big fight that I... The big one uh, <laughs> that happened that's, like, the worst fight I've ever been in. We And a lot of these involve drinking. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason is because then he could manipulate the fights because I wouldn't remember everything. Mm-hmm. And so the worst fight we got in was... We were apartment sitting for those same... We apartment and, like, cat sat for them quite often when they went out of town. We were doing that, and we had, like, gone out, had dinner, gotten drinks. We had gotten, like, a little bit drunk. We were... I'm gonna... I'm uh, just... This popped in my head, so real quick. Yeah. When you guys would... Before you would go out to eat or these dinners, these things where it was a pleasant environment, 
did was there ever thing anything in the back of your head being like I hope it doesn't turn into a fight or like being careful of that you said things so it wouldn't turn into a I fight? I honestly would look forward to drinking because I felt like I could say more about how I felt. Gotcha. Okay. We didn't talk a lot about how we felt about each other. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't be very vulnerable very often. And he'd give me compliments, but, like, I remember that I could, like, count the, like, compliment or, like, remember specifically when he, because it wasn't very often. And, like, he was a little judgy about my body, like, weight-wise. And I would just get excited to get drunk because I'd be like, ooh, like, tonight we're going to drink and, like, I'll get a little loose and I'll mention how much I like him or something. Like, because you couldn't tell him how much... When we were sober. Yeah. Because he, it would usually, um turn into some a fight or he'd turn it back around so at least when we got drunk I'd feel a little more confident and loose so when I just want to <laughs> when you would tell him you liked him or you that you how much you liked him giving him like positive affirmation it it would get turned into a fight yeah usually or yeah. or if I said anything kind of like I miss you that was a big no-no yeah which is I mean <clears throat> that's I mean that's just crazy Mm -hmm. that's literally I mean I mean honestly that's emotional abuse to a T yeah like that's literally what it is it's like you are telling a person you love them and you miss them or maybe not even saying love because people put so much weight on the word I told him I loved him to his face and he never said it back like and the fact that like you you can't give these positive like who doesn't love to be missed by who like who doesn't who doesn't want people to want them and then if you say it then it, it turns into a fight and then you that's the whole point. It's like, because then the person who's expressing these emotions, you're like, oh, I love you, I miss you, and it turns into a fight. Then you think like, oh, I, I'm not supposed to mm-hmm. feel the, this right. way or have these and feelings. And we have so much fun them. together. Like, we'd laugh a lot, and that's something I really look for in a relationship. I love a good sense of humor. And me and him, like, there were good parts. That's the other thing in these relationships where it's not all bad. Yeah. Because if it was, we wouldn't be it. It's right. like, there are some very intense, like, almost, uh, what's the word? Like, amazing, uh, moments that make you want to stay. And yeah. the, and even though they're smaller than the bad moments, you hold on to them yep. because they're so, like, addicting almost, mm-hmm. like a drug, where it's, you're like, I want to achieve this feeling again, so I need to hold on to this person because I know I can get there again. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's a cycle. It's literally a cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to oh, the, the big, relay fight. I'm the sorry. Big we, fight. We, the big <laughs> the fight. fight. Yeah. So we went out. We had got we got drunk. We got, like, drinks. We walked back to the apartment. We were, like, watching a TV show. And we were sitting, like, um, like I was sitting upright and he was laying down to... Or, no, opposite. I My my legs were on his lap. Gotcha. Sitting that way. Gotcha. That will be important later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I think, and so I've gotten kind of drunk, and this was something that had come up because he lived with his mom, and I felt kind of offended that I had never even met her. Or even... At this point, how long have you guys been, like, dating? Like, a year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah. (laughs) Never met her, never, like, the inkling of, like, would you like to meet her? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... And he lived with her. He lived with her. And I stayed there, but never when she was home. So she would go on, like, trips, and that's when I was allowed to stay there. Did Would you ever... So And you never went over to his house when she was there either? I think the only time I ever went when she was there was when we went to Disneyland in that first week, and she was, like, blow-drying her hair, and he had me come sit in the living room and wait before we left, but she, like, didn't come out and introduce herself. It's so her. interesting. It's like, who is this woman? I know. She might not exist. Right? Like, what if he she had that all set up? She could have just had the, the hair dryer on. on. 
Ah, uh, I have so many questions now. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we, we walk back, we're sitting, we're watching TV, and I think I just spill out. I'm like, why won't you let me meet your mom? Or why can't I meet your mom? And you guys have been drinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, you don't try hard enough. And just like to give, because I think that people who are really good at manipulating find what you're already really sensitive about mm-hmm. or what you maybe negative self-talk about to yourself. Something I've always been, I feel sometimes like with my career, like I'm not trying hard enough or what more can I be doing because I'm not where I want to be. And he was just like, you're not trying hard enough. And I said, at what? And he was like, just at everything. Like, like if I wanted to write for TV, I'd be doing it already. Like blah, 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 blah. And so I don't remember everything, but he pushed me and I ended up back on the floor. He like kind of pushed my legs mm-hmm. off because of they were on his lap. And then we just exploded and it was like he kept saying and I don't think I ever like blamed him for touching me but he kept saying I didn't touch you I didn't touch you and I started crying and he told me shut up or call an uber is what he kept telling me like so mean that I remember being like so shocked I was sobbing like I went into like the bedroom I didn't know what to do and then he started throwing all my stuff out into the hallway of this apartment building oh my gosh and then I didn't know what to do, so I called my friend uh, Danielle, and I talked to her on the phone. I was like, Dave is acting crazy. Like, will you come get me? She's like, where are you? She's like, I'm on my way. And he took the phone from me and acted completely sober and was just like, hi, yeah, Josie's acting crazy. Um, yeah, I think you need to come get her. And I remember I, like, stuck my head out of the window of this hallway where there was like a fire escape because I needed air. I was just like, had been sobbing and we'd been yelling and I, and he said, Josie's on the fire escape. She's not suicidal. As if like I was going to do like jump. Right. I was sitting just like in a ball, like trying to get some air and like clear my head. And, uh, my friend Danielle kept being like, I don't want to talk to you. Give the phone to Josie. Where's Josie? I don't want to talk to you. Give the phone to Josie. So anyway, she came and got me, and then the next day, he te- I had to leave work because I couldn't even, I was, like, so emotional because he texted me, just so you know, the cops got called on us last night. Um, I had to give them a report in your name, so if you hear from them today, that's why. And I, like, got that text, and I was like, I can't be at work right now. Yeah. Uh, so that was, like, cr- the craziest, but it wasn't the end. Right, of course it's not. Yeah. Oh, no. I have those two where it's like, why didn't I leave after? Like, that was intense, but I, but it wasn't, like, you don't leave until you're ready. And that's, like, the, in, and that's, I think, the hard thing with, with friends who haven't been in an emotionally abusive yeah. relationship or haven't experienced emotional abuse from, like, a parent or, like, or from anyone. If they haven't experienced it, they don't understand how, how like you were saying, like like a drug it is, and you're not going to leave until you're ready. Well, so what's interesting is after that, I was like, in my head, I was done. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going home for Christmas again that year, but my parents were like, we're going, my brother lived in Chicago at the time, and they were like, we're going to Chicago, how about you just come while we're there, it was like in December, uh, just to see you, and like, we'll have some family time. And while I was there, I was like, started Googling things, and I was like, oh, like, holy shit, I think I'm in an emotionally abusive relationship. Did you, what, were you just, like, Googling the way he was acting? Or, like, what were you, what, like, made you kind of start Googling? I think I was, like, Googling, like, 
manipulation within relationships mm-hmm. and things like that and just started reading a yeah. lot and just being like, oh, yep, this checks out, this checks out, this mm-hmm. checks out. Uh, so then I get back from that trip and he had texted me a couple times and real, I hadn't responded. Real quick, since you were there with your parents, did they know anything about? So that's like the first time I kind of told them. I told them about the big fight and they... I mean, it's hard because all I had told them before was how great he was being. Right. Cause you, and you don't want to share the bad because if you share the no. bad, then you have to explain the bad. And, yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah. So then I get back and he had texted me a couple times and I hadn't responded. And then he was like, please, let's just meet up, get a cup of coffee. And I had gone in with what I wanted to say and I was like, I'm not going to let him do anything. And I sat down and instead of him being cold like I thought he was going to be, he cried. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Because he knows if he doesn't go big or go home, you're gone. Yeah. So he cried. He told me this. His words, sometimes I manipulate people and I don't even realize I'm doing it. What? Like, I'm I'm actually, I wonder if my guy ever mentioned, I don't think he ever mentioned that he manipulated people. I don't know. He might have, and it might have went over my head. He was like, but he said, I know how to get what I want from people, and sometimes I do it without even realizing I'm doing it. He's like, I have problems. I'm in therapy, which I think was a lie. Like, I think he's been in therapy, but I don't think he was at the time. He's like, I went and I talked to my therapist, and I'm so sorry. And basically, I was like, we can try this again but you have to be my boyfriend I was like I gave him an ultimatum and then he was like okay so for like two weeks he was like amazing and texting me like I miss you and I'm thinking about you and blah 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 and then after that two weeks it was back to it's but that's the thing it's like again it goes back to that cycle because if he's not gonna he just did something really bad and he knows if he doesn't make up for it he, you're gone. Mm-hmm. So he's gotta he's gotta pull out all of his fucking stops that he anything he can think of, anything that he can do, and and yeah, and it's like they know what they can in, to do to pull you back in. Yeah, and then I just started around then feeling like so, and I've always dealt with anxiety and depression, but I started feeling like I remember crying in my shower, just uncontrollable, like sobbing and feeling so depressed, and it's like morbid but I I never wanted to kill myself but I had a moment where I was like oh I get why people do because I started to feel like no one cares about me no one wants to hear from me I feel so lonely and I have someone Mm -hmm. it was just like one of the worst feelings ever that I've ever probably felt yeah and it was so confusing because I was like I didn't under I started to like question who I was like he wouldn't, like, he didn't want me to wear certain things. Like, I love clothes and I love wearing kind of, like, funky stuff. And he, I wanted to dye my hair pink and he told me that, like, he didn't like dyed hair. And I just started to feel like I was becoming, like, the shell of a person. Mm-hmm. And I've always been so, like, who I am. Like, I've right. always been, like, outspoken and, like, opinionated. And I started to feel, like, all that stuff, like, going away. Yeah. Because that's that's manipulation and that's emotional abuse. And I mean, going back to um, the the definition that I wore that if the listeners listened to, I read the uh, first episode. I mean, that's what it is. It's like it can cause depression, suicidal thoughts. Like these are things that emotional abuse causes in you. And instead of you, like especially since you're in this relationship with someone you love, like instead of 
like it's hard to to blame them mm-hmm. and that's the other thing it's like in this society especially as a woman mm-hmm. like I feel like it's so much more common for you to blame yourself and you're like I'm the problem and he was definitely like a misogynist like even looking back he would say things about like women cyclists because he was a cyclist how like just some like things about women where like he didn't think they were equal and um I think he was definitely like a narcissist a misogynist like he did not see women as equal um and he he always held his guy friends like sometimes I almost wish like oh I wish I could be his because if he had a guy friend he almost held them in like a father figure way like Mm -hmm. put them on a pedestal and like worship the ground they walked on but I think that's because he didn't have a daddy, so. Those are some <laughs> so daddy he had, he had some daddy, daddy issues, issues that he needed to work out. Um, so, yeah, so then we got back together after that, and then he was going on a trip for three weeks out of the country, and I think that's, like, the best thing that's ever happened to me because it was the first time I had to spend a significant amount of time without him around. Mm-hmm. And had that been since you guys started dating? Dating. That's been yeah, the amount the of time. The most, and... Um, I just started hanging out with friends a lot more and, um, kind of, like, had this realization, like, started to kind of realize, like, oh, I don't need this person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember waiting while he was gone. I waited a week to tell him I missed him because I knew it was going to be, like, a whole thing. That it, it might turn into, like, a fight. Fight. Which I just, like, I feel it. Like, when you say that, I, like, I feel that in my body. Like, yeah. I feel I can that feel anxiety yeah. of, like... Wow, I can't tell someone that I love that I miss, miss them, them because it's going to turn into a fight. So then I I remember this so clearly. I went, or I texted him that I missed him, and I was going to, like, some, I think my friends were having, like, a bonfire at the beach, and I went, and it turned into this whole thing about how he doesn't miss anything from home right now, and why should he, and, and I, and blah, 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 and all the reasons why he didn't have to miss me, and I was just, like, so upset, and my friend Katie, like, took me by the water, and she was like, what's going on? And I looked at her, and I go, is it okay that I miss Dave? And her eyes got so, it was such, like, a guttural, like, of course it is! Like, he's your boyfriend! You can miss him! And her, it was her reaction of, like, duh, that I was like, oh my god, I'm questioning now how I feel. And yeah. If I'm allowed to feel yeah. this way. And it was her reaction where, like, from that moment on, I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I just kind of, I think he had, like, two weeks left on his trip, and I just kind of, he could tell because I kind of, like, dwindled, like, just kind of stopped texting him. I started texting, like, this cute guy I had <laughs> hooked up with, like, a couple years ago, and, like, just started, like, distracting myself. And then, uh broke up with him but like when I did it I had a getaway car because I knew if he got me to sit down with him mm-hmm. he would he could probably try to get me to be with him again yeah so I just like wouldn't even go I think our plan was to like go eat and I like met him outside the restaurant and was like no this is done yeah and he was like well I thought I was like he was like why and I'm like you and he I'm like mostly you and he's like I thought I was doing better Wow. And now being in such an amazing relationship, it's just crazy how, like, my current boyfriend and I can, like, talk through issues and, like, anytime there's a problem how, uh, like, open he is to being better or same with me, like, if he has a problem and we, like, come to an agreement and I, like, we'll tell each other we miss each other after, like, an hour of seeing each other. 
Like, and it's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I can say this and not... Not be punished for it. Right. Um, you, and I completely forgot to ask you this before, oh. so I can ask now. Yeah. You had an email that you sent him. Oh, yeah. Would you feel comfortable reading, reading it? it? Yes, I would. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, I sent this email after we had broken up and after like talking to my therapist about it and she was like if you feel like that's something like she's like how about you write it read mm-hmm. it to me and then if you still want to send it to him do it yeah so i said dear dave i'm writing you this because i want to make sure you get the story straight on why we broke up i'm certain that when new women come into your life or someone asks what happened in your past relationship you'll simply say you didn't have enough time you may even lie and say it was your idea to break things off i need you to know what you should tell them Let them know that you are a narcissist, that our relationship was completely one-sided and you do not have the capability to love or feel empathy, that you allowed a woman to love you with her entire self with no desire, want, or need to love her back. I'm telling you this because as an adult, I'm taking responsibility for the part of our relationship I contributed to. I'm in therapy and learning the reasons why I stayed in such an emotionally abusive relationship for as long as I did. It's high time you do the same and take responsibility for how you treated me. You started to destroy the parts of myself that I hold the most dear without having any idea of who I truly am. You fed me crumbs to keep me satisfied and would withhold from me whenever you pleased. It was always about you. You promised me things in December declaring that you wanted to make it better. I now know it was another manipulation and had nothing to do with your feelings toward me. Although I want you out of my life entirely so I can continue to heal, this letter is not, you know, is not to open a dialogue. I do care for you and I hope you can feel what it's like to be in an equal loving relationship. I almost forgot that feeling. Lastly, I need my space at work. You made the decision to date an employee of said cafe, and now that we've broken up, I'd rather not see you there for now. I know it's difficult to think of me rather than yourself, but I'm asking this because it's my place of work. Please respect that. So, um, well, first off, (laughs) what a great fucking email. (laughs) And the fact that, like, I mean, I think I, I think about that sometimes. Like, I think it would be pointless for me to reach out to my, especially at this point, it's been so long. Um, but to reach out and be be like, you emotionally abused me, like, or like obviously, I mean, more elegantly, like yeah. you did. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was a very elegant. That was it, because you weren't like. I mean, you just stated the facts. Like, this was an emotionally abusive relationship. You weren't like you're an emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, I thought it, that's. So brilliantly worded. I'm so happy you were um, willing to read that. Um, But you mentioned, so he would still come into your work? Yeah, so he, so the whole reason he came in there to begin with is there was like a cyclist group that they would go on a ride, they'd come and they'd eat there, they'd dine there. And then if you want me to read his response, he mentions it in... If you, yeah, yeah. If you, I would love to, I would love to hear what he says. His response just proves all my points. It's... Great. Okay. (laughs) So he said, I appreciate the catharsis of setting the record straight and want the same. I've been respectful and not reaching out since we ended things, despite you checking in on my Snapchat and OkCupid accounts. Why we broke up is irrelevant. Our relationship wasn't positive and we shouldn't have been maintained for so long. In hindsight, the moments of goodness were deep and moving for me. I held on to them hoping for the rest to work out as much as you did. It's hard not to smile thinking back on the jokes and laughs that we shared when we were truly on the same page. Remembering them, I can't understand how you feel that I'm incapable of love or empathy. If you truly feel that way, then it is exemplary of how out of sync we became. I wish this had been our conversation after Australia, how we can look at the same thing and see them so differently that it was time to move on. The meat of your message, that the relationship was one-sided and that I was keeping you on the line with crumbs instead of participating, couldn't be farther from the truth I lived. (laughs) 
December was a reset. I gave it my best effort and I didn't play games. Maybe it wasn't enough or the right kind of effort. Maybe it simply wasn't equal to what you had to give. Maybe it was an insurmountable incompatibility between the differences in our personalities? Question mark. <laughs> Regardless, I was there and supported you with empathy and understanding in the hardest of topics. And then he like goes into detail of those about acknowledging to yourself that you wanted to be making bigger strides in your career and then helping you strategize ways to achieve more content like production. T- like tell you you're not you're not ready, so I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> Those were real. I gave all my intention and love in them. They were demonstrations of my commitment and feelings. How can you look past that? It may not have been your ideal love language, but it was true care and loyalty. I understand your need for space at work and would like to reach a compromise. Cafe has been my place of community for longer than you've even lived in this state. It's unreasonable to ask me to give that up. So let's meet in the middle. Only come by for the ride on Fridays. No meetings or quick stops for lunch. You can schedule differently, or preferably we can keep things cordial. Not that there are any words being shared anyways. I'll always be around to grab a coffee and discuss things. I'm also always open to joining a guided session with your therapist if it will help with closure. Good luck. There is little, yeah, he's like, good luck with your self-care. There's little in the world that I believe in as much as self-care. Best D. Did, did you tell your therapist? Oh, yeah. She, uh, I told her that, and she was like, um, he is never setting foot into this office. <laughs> she was like, no, no. No, no, no. It's just, yeah. It was crazy. The whole thing was yeah. Um, I mean, and because the whole, I like, I know we are laughing at this email, but like the whole point of this isn't to be like making fun of this guy. It's to hear about your journey and your experience. Yeah. Well, just his email just hardly really acknowledged anything that I was saying and just kept right. talking about him and what, right. and he and I and ah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're still not acknowledging anything that you're just trying to prove what you think you did correctly. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. But now you've had, um, no, you've had some time away from, from this relationship and now you're in a healthy relationship. Um, a big thing with emotional abuse, I've talked to a lot of the people I've interviewed about this is that, uh, it's, it's very shameful. Like when you, after you've gone through it, you feel a lot of shame and embarrassment and you blame yourself for many things, like maybe the way he treated you or allowing yourself to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, how are you feeling now? about all of that or where are you now I think I definitely I mean to everyone I know and close friends we talk about it and they because they kind of experienced it with me or have heard all of this they're like right on board with how awful it was and what I went through I still feel embarrassed to bring it up to new people yeah because I think there's like this stigma and usually I think when people say it their gut reaction for whatever reason is like no way like that didn't happen almost or like or you're just crazy or oh you're I don't know and so when I get into new relationships it's been something that's kind of hard for me to tell that I think it's important for them to know I don't go into all this detail right um but I think because I carry some of that baggage and I think it definitely affects some of my trust issues and things like that I do like to make them aware and that's been always a little embarrassing for me to bring up it's it's been, I mean, and I think that's what I'm hoping, hopefully this podcast helps with, with just even people out there that, I mean, because when the more you talk about it, the easier it is. That's yeah. why we're able, that's to why me and you are and, sit here and able to laugh about yeah. these awful things this person like said and did to us mm-hmm. because we've been talking about it and we've been like working through it on our own and all of that. 
Um, I wish my family understood more, and maybe this is something, like, I can have them listen to because I think my mom understands she's been, she went through some tough relationships that she's, like, opened up with me about, but I definitely feel like my parents' generation, like, this isn't something that was talked about at all. and it was so common. And even, like, uh, like, sexual abuse. Yeah. Until recently wasn't something that was talked about when people felt shame and that was really hidden. And so, and, like... I would I know my brother knows some about some stuff about this but I wish that he could hear and understand all of this because I think it's also why my anxiety kind of has peaked in the past couple years I would agree that's for me too because like when I look back on my anxiety I'm like wow it really started picking up Mm -hmm. after this like I think I was always anxious but this like it like it it really really started with emotional abuse it's it causes it can cause anxiety yeah um sorry this is just a funny side note because I had recently had, like, a discussion with my current boyfriend about things that were troubling me in our relationship, and it ended up going really well, but I told my best friend, and she texted me, just now, proud of you for being so honest with him. Can you imagine you saying that type of thing to someone who shall remain nameless two years ago? How that would have gone over? So proud of how much you've grown. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, it's so true. It's like, if you feel like you can't express how you're feeling to someone... Yeah. Like, no matter who they are in your life, Mm -hmm. a friend, a parent, you should never feel ashamed for how you feel. Right. And it's not just how much I've grown. It's how much, like, my current partner makes me feel comfortable to share. He's never shamed me for feeling the way I feel. And one thing he always says is, like, I could never be mad because I'll still, I'll ask. This is something I ask a lot in my current relationship. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Even when nothing's gone wrong. Right. Are you mad at me? Right. And it's something where he's like, okay, no. And I have to, I've had to tell him, like, sorry, I have, yeah. It's just kind of like now this thing where I that's, feel like I have to check in constantly. You were taught, that's what you were taught. Yeah. You were, like, literally manipulated to believe that that's how you were supposed to be. And that, and especially since it's someone's, like, you would do something, like, oh, if I, if I did this with Dave... He would get mad, but I'm doing it now, and he's not getting mad. Like, is he mad and he's just not saying it? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to get mad about this. Yeah. Like, this is something, <laughs> this is not something I can't, you know. And no, and being embarrassed to tell people, like, it's, I'm doing this podcast, and I'm telling people about it, and when I say it, it's still, there's still, like, anxiety that goes oh, through Oh, my me. whole body has been hot. I had to take off my sweatshirt <laughs> during this thing. Like, I still, like, I say, like, and it's interesting. I, I realized this recently because, like, I've had told someone new about this podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this podcast about emotional abuse. And they're like, oh, why are you doing emotional abuse? And I was like, because, (laughs) and because it's something that I'm trying to work on for myself because I know it's not something that, that identifies who I am. Mm -hmm. It's something I went through and I've grown through from it. And, and it's still really hard. And there's still some things that I went through that I probably won't share Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to share and I've talked I mean I've shared with other people and I've talked about and worked through it but it's not something that I would talk about all the time Mm -hmm. you know because it is it's still like okay now I have to tell this person I was in an emotionally abusive relationship and if they don't understand what emotional abuse is like are they going to be like yeah is that it was it really emotional abuse or am I going to have to describe it to them and are they going to think I'm crazy or or my thing I'm I'm a big thing for me is being considered stupid as well like I like so are they going to think like oh I'm I was stupid for being in that relationship Mm -hmm. that's kind of I think where I'm at now it's like I'm afraid people are going to be like you stayed in that relationship for how long yeah I'm going to be like so I get it, and that's and that's honestly what I want to do with this. And like I, and I'm so happy you came on and shared your story. And that's why 
right, like, a couple months after we broke up, I full-on dyed my whole head pink, and it felt so good, Mm because I was like, I've wanted to do this for years, and I wanted to do it while I was dating him, and he wouldn't let me, and it was kind of like, huh. I smoked weed when I broke up with Mike. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. That was my thing. I was like, fuck you, I'm smoking weed. Well, he still comes into where I work. He's been in there, like, for the past couple months now. Really? Every Friday, yeah. We don't, we just don't talk. That's... But it still gives me, like, my whole body start, and sometimes I'll, like, just go hide in the bathroom, or I won't take his order, because, like, my whole body starts to just, like, bah. Yeah, because it's, it's a trigger. Yeah. It's a trigger, yeah. I, I get it. don't want to see him anymore. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, thank you You're so welcome. much, Josie, for being on Kiss with Abuse, and I appreciate you sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of Kiss with Abuse. If any of these stories resonated with you, or if you want to share your experience with emotional abuse, please send me an email at kisswithabuse at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. If you or someone you know is experiencing emotional abuse and you want someone to talk to, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. I know it's called domestic violence, but they do help people experiencing all types of abuse. So if you need someone to talk to, please give them a call.